What's up, everybody? I am Chris Stefano, aka Chris Reed Stefano, and this is Chris Reed's. Today, we're going to talk about the first and last voyage of the Titanic. Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Hudson, and Billy Zane when he had hair. Now, a lot of people know it was known for being the biggest ship of the time. It was known to be unsinkable. It took a voyage from Southampton, United Kingdom, to New York, but it missed a left turn somewhere in the middle of the ocean. Let's set the scene. It's the 1900s. It's the progressive era, even though women can't vote. And soon, uh, it will be soon known as the new era, okay? People are traveling around a lot. It's kind of the first time that we get people migrating. It's one of the earliest mass migrations in history. Build the wall. Now, immigrants came mostly from Canada and Europe. That's interesting. Countries such as Germany, Britain, Italy, Austria, Hungary, and Russia. These countries were the immigrants, okay? So that's what it was back in the early 1900s. Immigrants look different in America today than they did back then. Everybody wants to cross the Atlantic Ocean in the fastest, quickest way. It's like, a, it's like the pre-race to space. We have to beat the Russians to the moon. Well, now we want to be the fastest across the ocean. At this time, the leading ocean liners were the Lusitania and the Mauritania. If I have two more daughters, those are their names. 100%, those are the names. Little Lusitania and Little Mauritania. Give me the adobo, sweetie. The Lusitania was the nice one. It was nice and bougie, where the Mauritania was the fast. Mauritania was fast as fuck getting across the ocean. And it had remained unbeaten as the fast one across the ocean until 1929. So the Titanic was built along with sister ships, Olympic and Britannic. But the Titanic was built in order to compete with these massive ocean liners, Lusitania and Mauritania. We said, we got to build something even faster. So Harland and Wolf were the Belfast-based shipbuilders that were determined to have the fastest ship to cross the Atlantic Ocean. I actually saw where they made the boat in Belfast. I saw where they just made a boat and a scone. They made a boat to the Titanic, and then they had a scone and a cup of tea. Jesus, Mary, and St. Peter. The Protestants are coming. The Protestants are coming. So the official name was the Royal Mail Steamer Titanic. Sounds like a sex move. And it was a British luxury ship that began construction on March 31st, 31st in Belfast, Ireland. Belfast, Ireland. So they did it. They just, they, they put their masks on. They got their AK-47s and they built that ship. Thomas Andrews was the architect. He sounds white. The Titanic took three years to finish building and they finished building it in 1912. Only three years. My kitchen's taking longer than that. Shout out Sean the contractor. Why don't you stop having sex and build my kitchen? It cost seven and a half million dollars to build. That's a lot of Yeezys. 3,000 people built this over two years and they built it using the best technology of the time, including two giant steam engines and a turbine that provided 46,000 horsepower. That's fast. That might even be faster than a Tesla. It was 882 feet long, just as big as Pimp's dick, and over 1,000 feet tall, and it had 10 levels. Whoa, that's big. And you can see the Impractical Jokers doing a cruise on it this fall. <laughs> also, babes, this boat, not only was it the fastest, it was the safest. This was a safe, safe, safe boat, like we said in the beginning, unsinkable. Not for long. Also at this time, it was the world's biggest ship. So it was the biggest, the fastest, and the safest. What could go wrong? 
Thomas Andrews, the architect of the Titanic, said even the great Poseidon couldn't sink. Thomas Andrews then did die on the Titanic. As he was drowning, he was like, well, I guess what's wrong about Poseidon? Now, it had all sorts of safety features. Its hull had two layers of steel to help prevent leaks. I mean, that's what I might need in my basement. It's always leaking into my basement. Maybe I just need titanic steel to be put on the floor. It also had 16 compartments that could be sealed off using watertight steel doors. It had all these little, so it literally was thought of as like, how could this possibly sink? But I feel like that happens in life when you're like, I'm gonna make this thing indestructible and then it destructs immediately. You know, the Lindenberg blew up, uh, you know, um, um, the Titanic indestructible fell. Um, some other example that you can write about on the YouTube community board. Comment below. What else, what else, what else was indestructible that got, that got destroyed? Could be. Some people will say the Twin Towers. But I don't, I think they're, they're still there. Um, if the ship sprung a leak, the doors would close, keeping the ship from sinking. So it's almost like a leak is not going to get through. It was almost like they installed steel diapers on the Titanic. Shout out Huggies. So all these features had the newspaper talking, okay? The Anderson Coopers of the time, they were talking about this big, beautiful, fast ship. They wanted to talk about it. They wanted to be on it. People were lining up to get on this voyage from Southampton to New York. Listen, this boat was fire, okay? It was like a floating hotel. It was like Dubai. Being on the Titanic was like being in Dubai now, except there was probably no Middle Eastern people allowed on the Titanic. So below the waterline, that's where they had the engines, the boilers, the turbines, the electrical generators, and probably where they had the immigrants stay on the boat which is fucked up, but it's the truth. I didn't make the rules. And now I would allow, the immigrants would be on a carnival cruise. They could sit wherever the hell they were. They could drive the ship, okay? But I'm just saying back in the day, that's where they kept people that were non-white and it's fucked up, but that's the truth. At the top was the boat deck where the bridge, wheelhouse, and lifeboats were. Also the white people. In between were decks for the passengers with first, second, and third class cabins. First and second class were very comparable. We got people from all over the ship. We got millionaires, celebs, poor immigrants searching for better opportunities um, that they were looking for at the bottom of the boat below the waterline. Unfortunately, that's the truth. I hate to say it. Now listen, the boat inside was beautiful. They had a grand staircase from deck to deck, natural sunlight, they had a gym, dining saloons, swimming pool, Turkish bath. Ooh, that sounds nice. They had a gym, a barber shop a library, cafes, a squash court. I mean, these people were living life. I mean, honestly, if we were alive in the early 1900s, I think we'd all want to go on that ship. We would all want to go on that ship, of course, if we were boosted. So the Titanic was 882 feet and nine inches in length. If you held that up, like if you put it up this way, it was the length of three football fields. Three football fields length, uh, three football fields of boat. Yeah, three football fields of both. Let's see if Tom Brady can throw a pass on that. So the Titanic departed from Southampton, England on April 10th, 1912. It stopped at the French port of Cherbourg and the Irish port of Queenston to pick up more passengers. It left Queenston, Queenstown, uh, and began its maiden voyage across the Atlantic Ocean on April 11th, 1912, heading to New York City. Maiden voyage is just weird to me. People say it's like the virgin voyage. It's like, well, if I stick my dick in, is it going to bleed? 
Then the captain, Edward J. Smith. This guy, by the way, the captain, Edward J. Smith, I've never seen in my life somebody in real life look exactly like the actor that played them in the movie. In the movie, The Titanic, the actor that plays Captain Edward J. Smith literally looks exactly like the man in real life. It's wild. It is so, so, so wild. The ship was nicknamed the Millionaire's Special. That's what it was named because it was fittingly captained by Edward J. Smith, who was known as the millionaire's captain because of his popularity with wealthy passengers, okay? So literally, this guy was the captain to the stars, okay? He was the one, he would be, you know, he'd have everybody on his boat. He'd have all the, you know, Kanye and, and Kim K and Beyonce and everybody would be on Captain Edward J. Smith's boat if that was today. But who knows what the, who the celebrities were back then. I have no idea what the celebrities were back then. They were all in black and white. Well, I'll tell you who the celebrities were. The prominent passengers were uh, American businessman, uh, Benjamin Guggenheim. If you've ever been to the Guggenheim Museum, it's wild. British journalist, William Thomas Steed, and Macy's department store co-owner, Isidore Strauss, and his wife, Ida. Aw, did all of them die? Now, let me tell you a little bit about Isidore and Ida Strauss, co-owners of Macy's. They were some of the richest people on the ship that day. And they actually, when you know this boat sinks, they were directed to Lifeboat 8. However, Isidore was old as fuck, and she refused to board the lifeboat while there were younger men being prevented from boarding. Ida also refused to get into the lifeboat saying, where you go, I go. So she wouldn't leave her husband, and she let the young guys on first. Like you, Ida. That's a feminist. John Jacob Astor IV, very well-known. There's a very well-known street, Astor Place, here in Manhattan, and he was known for being a real estate guy, a fur trader. He was just, you know, he was like, you know, he really was real estate. John, John Jacob Astor, is no, he's a real estate mogul. He was like the original Property Brothers, but he was an only child, or he didn't have a brother. Or maybe he did, but his brother wasn't famous. He was the wealthiest person aboard the Titanic, and he was on a honeymoon with his pregnant wife, he unfortunately did not survive, but his wife and baby did. So thank God for them. While well, he's a frozen ice cube in the bottom of the ocean. How are you going to, you know, how's the baby going to eat now? Your, your rich daddy is dead. What is Mrs. Astor the fourth going to do? I guess she has his money. He probably had a good life, the son. The son probably had a good life. Molly Brown, she was a rich American socialite who was known to want to go back to pick up people in the water. Molly Brown, I think, was played by Kathy Bates. Uh, remember, there was that scene where she's trying to go back into the water to get people, but literally everyone is frozen solid because it's early spring in the middle of the frozen northern Atlantic Ocean. So Molly Brown, although admirable, why don't you take that rowboat and go the other way because literally everyone's dead and it's because of you. Even though it's not because of you, I'm going to tell you it's because of you just so you stop turning that goddamn boat around and you just go. Just get out of here, Kathy Bates. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of this scene and go be in another movie. Violet Jessup. Oh, I have a baby named Violet. Violet Jessup. Uh, she was incredibly lucky. She survived the sinkings of the Titanic and the Britannic as well as a major accident on the Olympics. So Violet, you're not good luck. You're bad luck. What are you doing? If Violet Jessup's on a boat with me, get me the fuck off it, okay? How are you? How did you survive three sinkings? Conspiracy, Chrissy conspiracy, I think you were the one doing the sinking, okay? I think you want to sink the ship, Violet Jessup, and I don't know why the hell you want to sink the ship, but I'm gonna find out. 
Violet Jessup, by the way, born in 1887 in Argentina to Irish immigrants. Jessup contract, uh, she got tuberculosis. Why didn't you get the vaccine, stupid? At a young age, and she was expected to survive only a few months. But somehow, Jesus wanted her to stay around after surviving all this stuff to sink three boats. What are you doing? So how many people were on this boat on the Titanic? Um, which, by the way, when I was a kid, I used to call it the Titanic. I would always say, oh, uh, you know, Jen, you know, Jen in my class has got big Titanics. We would, me, me and my friends would be like, do you see your Titanics? Do you see our teacher's Titanics? I want to get some Titanics. Titanic. The passengers on the Titanic, a.k.a. the Titanic, there were 1,317 people. That's good. Titanic selling tickets. 324 in first class, 284 in second class, 709 in third class, and uh, of these, 869 were male and 447 were female. So it was twice as much men uh, as women on that boat. So we here at the Chrissy KS Podcast have deemed the Titanic an official sausage fest. <laughs> there were 107 children on board, the largest number uh, of whom were in third class because the, third, the, the, the only people that bring their kids on private luxury stuff like this are the people that need to. Rich people are not bringing their kids on a boat like this. They're saying, I'm going to get away. I'm going to, as a matter of fact, rich people are going onto boats. So they, the people in first class are going onto the Titanic specifically with the intention to drink the blood of the kids in the third class. So that's what it is. If you bring your kids on a trip with you like this, you're poor. My kids are coming with me on uh, to Orlando in a couple of weeks. And I was thinking of bringing one of the kids with me to Sicily, but Jasmine said no, that she has bigger plans for me. And if you saw the ending of White Lotus season two, just know I could wind up like Jennifer Coolidge. Now, the ship was actually under capacity. So I said that they sold a lot of tickets, which 1,317 people is a lot of tickets, but actually she could accommodate 2,453 tickets. And, you know, it is very common practice. You know, you notice I keep saying she. The Titanic was a she. They call boats a she, which we never asked officially what Titanic wanted to go by. So I'm going to say they. They wanted... They could have held up to 2,453 people, but they only had 1,317 people because I'm not going to sit here and act like the Titanic wants to be a she or a he. I'm just going to say they or it. If you ask me, most likely though, I would think that the Titanic is most, it's a post-op male. I think Titanic is a post-op male. What's the reason for that? Stick around to the end of this video and find out. Now, there are iceberg warnings everywhere. A lot of people think, oh, this iceberg came out of nowhere. On April 14, 1912, all the other ocean liners are telling the Titanic, there's icebergs. Be careful. But Captain Edward J. Smith don't give a fuck. He don't give a shit because he's the millionaire captain, okay? He's like, I got it. This is what happens. When you have people at high positions like that, their ego gets involved. That's why a lot of Korean airlines were crashing because you, a Korean co-pilot wasn't allowed to say anything to their a senior Korean pilot. And the Korean co-pilot was like, hey, you're about to fly a plane into a mountain. Uh, but he couldn't say that. Instead, he had to just sit there and take the mountain off the chin. That's what happens with this. Nobody can talk to Captain Edward J. Smith because he is the top guy. He's the top dog. So even if the first mates saw icebergs, they can't say nothing. So Captain Smith just did what he knew best, didn't listen to anyone, and he just plotted a new course and continued to steam at full speed ahead, which we can sit here today and be like, well, that's stupid, but it was standard practice back then. You remember, we are trying to get across the ocean the fastest. That's what this is. We're big, we're safe, we're fast. So we ain't slowing down for nobody or nothing. 
So April 15th at 11.40 p.m., the ships... Oh, April 15th, by the way. Jasmine's birthday is April 17th. Maybe that's what I'll do for her birthday next year. Take her on the Titanic too, but I'm not going. It's just an all-inclusive trip for you. One-way ticket to the iceberg. April 15th at 11.40 p.m., ship's time. The ship's lookout, Frederick Fleet, that was his real name, saw an iceberg from the crow's nest. The crow's nest is the top, you know, like there was always, like you always see in the movies, they're like sitting in a bucket up there. They kind of look like, you know, they work for Verizon in those cherry pickers. They're sitting up there. They're on the lookout for icebergs and, you know, fucking Godzilla, UFOs. They're looking for stuff. And he didn't have binoculars, okay? And instead he had to see what he thought was an iceberg by eye. So if he had the binoculars, would he have seen it sooner and they could have changed course? Some people say yes, some people say no, because this guy was going so fast, Captain Edward J. Smith, that we don't know if he could have even turned. You can't, you can't turn a boat so easy. It's, a big, it's got a big fat ass. The Titanic was not intermittent fasting. So it's tough. I'm nimble now. Fucking move right out of here. He called officers at the ship's bridge. He said, iceberg, right ahead. Iceberg, right ahead. And I'm like, well, do you mean right ahead in front of us or to the right or to the left? Give me a direction. Port starboard, I don't know. The officers on the bridge, they turned the ship away from the iceberg, but it was too late. It grazed, just grazed that iceberg. And here's the thing with icebergs is like they say, the tip of the iceberg, that's a mountain of ice going from the ocean floor up, a mountain of it. So that is big. It's strong. It's probably been there for a, a good amount of time. So they hit that iceberg and just, they just nicked it, just a tip, but that was enough to, sometimes the tip is just enough. You don't need to go all, look at me. I'm just the tip and I've created two people off just the tip. So just the tip of the, of the boat hits the iceberg grazed a hole right in its side, several holes in the hull, and then below the waterline, and then fragments of ice start hitting the deck. And once you have a hole below the waterline, you are F-U-C-K-E-E-D fucked. So the unsinkable ship begins to sink. Yeah, you fucked up, Thomas Andrews. If that was me, if I was Thomas Andrews at, at that point, I literally would have just, I would have just hung myself. Immediately hung myself, autoerotic asphyxiating, hanging. That's how you would have found me. And I would have been like, I know I fucked up. 12 a.m. Captain sends out a call for help and starts asking people to board the lifeboats. But you got to understand this is, you know, 1915. It's not like their ships can get there fast. Like you are in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the night, and it is freezing. You're fucked. I guarantee you most of the people on that boat, at least the higher ups, like the captain, they knew they were going to die. They knew it was over. And especially being a captain of the ship, you got to go down with the ship. You can't be a pussy and leave. So the only ship that was even close was a boat called the Carpathia. It was 58 miles away when they heard the distress call, which was, come at once, we have struck a berg. It's CQD, old man. And then the Carpathia starts sailing towards the sinking Titanic. The Carpathia makes me think of Carpaccio, which is a pounded meat antipas dish that I really like. And it's keto friendly. They started shooting fireworks into the sky um, to try to help them locate the Titanic. They're playing loud music. They're trying to be seen. They're trying to be heard. Like the immigrants were in the bottom of that boat for so long. The lifeboats, so much debate about the lifeboats. They started to get people on the lifeboats, okay? In the panic of the, of the sinking, a lot of these lifeboats left half full. 
They just weren't packed in tightly because that's the thing is you can be trained a million times, but when disaster strikes, you just go into fight or flight mode and some people forget about the fight and they just flight. So they quickly discovered that there were not enough lifeboats for all the passengers because all the rich people left with half of them full. The ship was designed to carry 64 lifeboats, but there were only 20 on board, only enough for half. This was the legal requirement and they didn't want to put all these lifeboats on because they thought it looked ugly. So they didn't want all the lifeboats on and they were like, well, the law says we only got to put 20 on, so that's what we'll do. But it's like, what's the law in 1915? There are no laws. It's, it's mayhem. So women and children were put on the lifeboats first, leaving many fathers and husbands behind on the sinking ship. That would be very difficult to do today because all the husbands, myself included, would identify as females. I would identify as a child. Get me on that boat. I'm not a man. Who are you to call me a man? But back then, they didn't see sex, they didn't see gender as a construct as we see it today. And because of that, many men died. And you should be ashamed of yourself. As the passengers waited to get onto the lifeboats, they were entertained by the Titanic's musicians. We, they made this scene very famous in the Titanic movie. Um, they were initially just playing for the first class lounge, but then they moved to the ship's deck and they were just trying to keep the people calm. But let me tell you something. If I'm on a plane and it begins to crash and the flight attendant starts, starts playing a violin, I'm going to beat them over the head with it, okay? I'm going to say, give me my oxygen. Help me. I don't need you playing a goddamn violin or let me use your violin as a flotation device because I'm sinking, I'm dying. The last song they performed was likely either Autumn or Nearer My God to Thee. So one of those two bangers. Those songs were bangers in 1915, okay? It's literally as if the last songs, if we were on that ship, it would be like, you know, the last ones they're playing are like Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen or Gotta Eat the Booty Like Groceries. Those are the, that, that's autumn and nearer my God to thee. Classic bangers. Now, unfortunately, none of the musicians survived the sinking. Nobody survived, unfortunately. Now, there's chaos as the lifeboats are filling up. One guy, Harold Lowe, an officer, fires his gun in the air and shouts, get back or I'll shoot you all like dogs. Which I understand that's bad, but it's like, what do you want this guy to do? There's panic and he's trying to, you know, he's probably scared for himself, A, and then he's got to, you know, you know, have law and order. So he doesn't know what to do. So he says, people, I'll, I'll shoot you. Some people were calm. Benjamin Guggenheim said, we've dressed up in our best and we are prepared to go down like gentlemen. And actually Guggenheim unfortunately did die and he was found at the bottom of the ocean with another man's penis in his mouth because they went down like gentlemen. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make this fun for you. The second officer, Charles Lightoller, was one of many trying to keep order on the lifeboats. So he was the one that he was just trying to say, come on, we need law and order. Like, let's just keep it calm. And then he actually, here's an interesting fact about Charles Lightoller, second officer of the Titanic. He went on to become the most senior officer to survive and even became a hero of the Dunkirk battle of World War II. Look at that. See, he was saved. I wish he, I'm happy that he was saved. Not so sure about Violet Jessup, who went on to sink two more ships. So unfortunately, third class, where I told you, you know, the poor people were, probably the immigrants were, they, that was locked. That, that's true from the movie when they locked them in there. That unfortunately really did happen. And a lot of them drowned to death in freezing cold water, women, children, it's horrible. Um, 1 a.m., the lower deck floods and the bow of the ship sank below the water surface, which this isn't good because now you got the pressure of the ocean going against the pressure of the ship. That baby's going to crack in half. So at 2.05 a.m., the last lifeboat leaves and that left about 1,500 people behind. So that's messed up. 1,500 people left behind, either on the ship, in the freezing cold water. It's bad. It's the middle of the night. Now, the stern of the boat, the Howard stern of the boat, gives way 
under the pressure and breaks off and sinks. So if you were at the stern of the boat, like there's a scene in the movie where like you're falling like a hundred feet. Like it's like you're falling out of a skyscraper into the ocean, which I think if I had a choice of like, hey, you're going to die, I'd rather just be under the stern of the boat. Just knock me unconscious immediately and let me die. I don't want to freeze to death. No, thanks. I don't need to be eaten by a polar bear. Now, people say Captain Edward J. Smith fucked up and he really wasn't a hero. And I kind of say, yeah, you fucked up. He doesn't give an abandoned ship order. There's no proper evacuation. He ignored the iceberg warnings and he told passengers to evacuate on the wrong deck. You went four for four, baby. Now he's gonna die too. He goes down with the ship like a brave captain always does. But you know, yeah, the mistakes were made. But hindsight is twenty twenty, and you know, mistakes were made. But you could have, look at Sully. Sully landed that plane in the ocean and we, he was a hero. You could have just not hit an iceberg. You could have just not hit an iceberg, my friend. But that's why the icebergs out there in the ocean, now they all have the little reflectors on them. So now you can see them coming and they're painted orange. So the Carpathia comes through. It's 58 miles away. They full steam ahead and they got there. And, the, and, and, and when the Carpathia got there, um, they only found four survivors. That sucks because most people died in minutes from hypothermia. It was freezing. So the Carpathia comes. They got there about 4.10 in the morning. Um, they saw the distress flares from the Titanic and they, and they found four people actually miraculously survived. And if I had to guess, those four survivors were probably fat and had a lot of body fat on them because they were fat fucks and they were able to survive a little bit longer keeping their body temp, they, you know, they, they, they just had more blubber. So in that case, it, it, it was better to be fat. Now, what everyone's been seeing, you know, uh, all over the internet, now the Christie's conspiracies, could Jack fit on that door with Rose in the scene of that ending scene of the Titanic? A lot of people think they both could have fit if they could have just went head to toe. They could have just went head to toe and they could have figured it out. But instead, Jack kept his body in the water and died. Now, what do I think? Could they have went head to toe? Probably. They probably could have went head to toe. But then what's going to be the last shot of the movie? Just a crane shot of Leonardo DiCaprio shrinkage? That's what I have to see. Just him laying there with a, with a, a shriveled penis because of the cold waters and him having to explain to Rose, I'm not, it's normally not like this. No. You have him, have him underneath. Nobody wants to see that. You're a superhero. So I think that even though she could have probably had him fit on the door, it's better for the movie that she didn't. Now, in real life, did that happen? I don't know. Nobody knows only four people survived in that goddamn water. I would imagine that what happened in real life is that love story got thrown right out the window and Rose's real-life character pushed Leonardo DiCaprio's real-life character under the water and had him drown to death so she wouldn't even have to think about having another person on that door with her because she's like, listen, this shit has got room for one. I'm gold as fuck. I don't need anybody else on here but me. I'm trying to survive. You know who, you know who I bet you, you know who I bet you was on that fucking door in real life? Violet Jessup. Killing everyone around her like she's always done. So 705 passengers survived. 1,500 people lost their lives. Horrific uh, tragedy. The unsinkable ship sank and it sucked. The reason why it made world news is because of the celebs on board. You got to remember, babe, this was happening to rich people. So it hit the headlines hard, okay? rich When rich people die, specifically rich white people, that makes the news. So the Lusitania sank. And you never see a movie about that. The Lusitania, I told you Lusitania sang. Violet Jessup was on it. 
because they didn't have that many rich people. And the Britannica sank. The, 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 whoever was building the ships in Belfast was not good at it. All your ships sank. What are you doing? The unsinkable ships? No, all your ships sink. They suck. They really suck. And Violet Jessup was on all of them and survived all of them. Yeah, and it's also, little word to the wise, never be on the maiden voyage of anything, of a plane, of a boat. If, if, if you're on a plane and someone says, the pilot says, well, guys, you're on the maiden voyage of this aircraft. It's a brand new aircraft. It is top-notch, 747. Get the fuck off that plane. Walk off that plane immediately and say, uh, no thanks. Let it, let it go around a few times before I get on it. Not getting on it. In closing, Titanic really is a fascinating sinkage. I mean, it's, it's still there. Researchers still explore the wreckage today. They learn stories of the people on board. They're still finding stuff. And it just shows like what people were willing to do to get across the Atlantic Ocean and how New York City is the center of the world once again. It all starts and ends with New York City. You can be mad at that. You could say FNYC. You can do whatever you want. The bottom line is everybody knows you're wrong, okay? And people are like, oh, when you get to the kingdom of heaven, but you're in the kingdom of heaven, okay? It's called Times Square, Manhattan. That's the kingdom of heaven. So stop with New York City is, is not the best place in the world. You know for a fact if aliens come to this planet tomorrow, the sit-down's in New York City. I don't want to hear that it would be anywhere else other than New York, okay? So shut up. Go sink like the Titanic. All right, so that was Chris Therese. Hope you learned a lot about Titanic. Go tell your friends about it. Tell your teacher about it. Remember to like and subscribe. Share this with your friends. We're giving you history every single week. And remember, yesterday was history.